Hi, welcome back to the Net Zero Carbon Summit. I'm Tyler Cole, Freightways Director of Carbon Intelligence, and I have the distinct honor of being joined by Jakob Moos of Trax. How are you? Joining us all the way from Berlin. Thank you very much. I'm doing fine. Thank you. I'm excited for this conversation. You and I go go a ways back. We've had some things we've been working on in secret that we're we're happy to reveal today. There should be a press release coming out shortly about some work we're doing together, both tracks and freight waves. But let's go, let's go start at the beginning with you. How did you fall into tracks and what does tracks do? Um, yeah, so so my background, I, I'm originally from Denmark. I moved to Germany right after my studies, and I worked in the German car and vehicle industry. Um yeah, ever since my studies, I always worked in this area of uh, product service systems, meaning which kind of services can we build around um, vehicles, uh, make sure that the, that the vehicle is worth more for the fleet owner, both uh, commercial vehicles, but also private vehicles and so on and so forth. And um, yeah, I did, I did a lot of different innovation in this area, but I realized how difficult it is to come in and use vehicle data to actually optimize fuel consumption and optimize the use of a vehicle. And in 2017, I, I left my employer to start Trax. I founded Trax in 2018. And the goal that we wanted to do and what we wanted to build was we wanted to use data from heavy commercial vehicles, granular data, um, to, to create some kind of a context-aware benchmark that we can sort of predict fuel consumption and say, if this uh, vehicle with this uh, load and this driver and this stretch uh, is going to drive tomorrow in this weather, then we're going to have this fuel consumption. And that's basically what, what, what started out, what, how track started out. Soon after I left my employer, I met Igor, who's my co-founder. He's a very clever man, a former professor of mathematics, and he's spent more than 30 years as a head architect and a, a, a CTO in different uh, larger companies. So I was lucky to be able to work with such a, a genius uh, to, to solve this problem. And what we did right from the beginning, we got data from more than 3,500 trucks. We got very granular data. We created digital twin for uh, drivers, anonymized, for every single truck and for every single route. And we actually, uh, we actually came to a point where we could predict fuel consumption with a 5% error rate that we could go in and say, if this truck tomorrow is going to go on this stretch, and so on and so forth, we will have this fuel consumption. And now came the whole twist because uh, uh, an innovation manager and a, and a professor needed to start making money. <laughs> and quite quickly, we realized that the fleet owners will be happy to, to, to save uh, diesel, but won't really be able to spend money on these kind of innovations, either because they're too small and too little digitized or they're too big and have their own data science team. So we realized, hey, if we start... Stop talking about diesel and stop talking about the truck on its trip and start translating it into CO2 and into the shipments. Then we can actually get people to pay for it because this is a, a big pain. We have an industry uh, or we have a whole world that is trying to lower CO2 on all operations. And one of the most difficult one even to measure, let alone lower CO2 in is transport. So in 2019, we did this switch. And uh, we started uh, measuring CO2 and creating these automated allocations of CO2 using primary data from the from trucks uh, into a shipment level for shippers. And not just measuring, but also being able to say, was it good or bad? And what can you do in order to optimize this? 
such an important work and an important pivot for you guys, both as an organization, but really for the rest of us. Because in my conversations with most of our shippers and 3PLs and carriers, that's the hard thing to get to is we know we need to lower our emissions. We know there is some low hanging fruit through operational efficiencies or changes to our network that we can try to do today. But by and large, we just are sort of, you know, throwing an, an arrow or throwing a dart at the board here. We know we're, we're close, but we don't know how close and how much that matters. And you and I have, have had lots of great conversations about how important that primary data is and how invisible it is to the ultimate freight payer in many cases. So walk us through a little bit of your findings from that pivot to now that are really highlighting the need for granular primary reporting in logistics. Um, the, when we started, there was a lot of the classical, we don't need it, or we can do it ourselves. And But as soon as companies found out, no, it's more complex than, than this, um, we started getting into to the real interesting discussion. We still see that some companies um, are asking the question, do we really need primary data? Um, but we have seen that companies, especially shippers, are starting to realize, and and um, logistics service providers uh, as well, I must say, have started to realize that you have two big problems if you measure uh, CO2 emissions just based on uh, per ton kilometer. Uh, that will be called the default data. One big problem is an overcalculation. You have to overestimate if you want to be accounting proof. And when I say accounting proof, follow the black framework. It's the only framework out there that is going to be an ISO standard and the only framework where you're 100% sure that our friends from PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, and so on and so, so forth will put a stamp on it and say this is the right way of calculating. And according to this framework, you need to overcalculate or calculate um, conservatively if you don't know anything about uh, the vehicle. So if you know um, the, the distance and if you know the weight and you know the mode, you can calculate CO2 emissions, but it will be overcalculated. So the first problem that people have started to realize is an extreme overcalculation to, in, to a certain degree. But more importantly is the big question, if you have 400% overcalculation or error rate, how do you want to make any strategic decisions? And this is where we've seen that the market has moved to in 2022, that some of these customers that we started talking to in 2019 and 2020 uh, have come back to us and say, now we realize we can measure CO2 with anything, but we don't know what to do then. So using primary data, you'll be able to start understanding both how can you optimize your own planning, uh, also when it comes to intermodality or it comes to to, to just um, procurement, so to speak, but also how can you support your subcontractors in buying electric vehicles or just optimizing the, the, the use of their fleet? And yeah, that's sort of the, the, the headlines of what has happened in the industry and what, of course, we're hoping is going to continue. So right and so important. And I, I want to double click on a couple things you just said there. So to reiterate for the listeners, the GLEC framework is a uh, methodology for calculating emissions across the total global multimodal value chain. So if anyone's interested in learning more about that, Smart Freight Center is the group that owns that. And they're working with ISO to make that a common standard, which is important because we need comparable benchmarks across organizations and industries and verticals and things like that. So when we talk about double-clicking into that default value, maybe let's let the listeners understand why it's a little bit more, why is it so conservative? What are the things that make those numbers on the default, though directionally right? They're a little bloated because, and correct me if I'm wrong, we've got things like assumed empty miles, 
um, across, you know, a nation of fleets, essentially, not necessarily your individual route, or your truck. We're assuming something on empty miles. We're assuming how full that trailer is. We're assuming um, the same diesel blend is being used across geographies. Um, it's going to be different in Europe than it is in the U.S. But even within the U.S., it's different in California than it is in Oklahoma. So how do we start to think about what data is needed beyond that to get a good calculation? And then how is that used um, specifically with trucks, I would say. Um, yeah, it's good that you say specifically with trucks because we do work in all modes of transport. But what we have also seen is that the data quality is so important with trucks. And especially since uh, road freight is, is, is around about 80% of the CO2 emissions um, uh, in the U.S., but also in Europe. So um, the way we see it, like the logic behind it is if I have one euro pattern, and then excuse me for, for, for speaking European here because I'm not so used to the, the, the miles. Um, but if I have one Euro pallet that goes from A to B and I uh, only know this, I did an A to B and I know the weight, one ton, and I know um, that it goes on road. I can, I have to assume as an accounting tool that it was on board a three and a half ton Mercedes Benz Sprinter. Just, it, it might be that it was on a 40 ton truck. Uh, but I have to assume it wasn't a Mercedes-Benz printer. It's one ton, so it can't be on a motorbike, but it's still, I have to take the, the most conservative uh, possible possible thing. I have to assume that it goes home empty, and I also have to assume that it goes through a city. So we're talking 600, more than 600 grams of CO2 per ton kilometer. If I then know just a little bit about the vehicle, if I know that it's a 40-ton truck, then I can say, okay, 100 grams of CO2 per ton kilometer. If I know it was an EU6 engine, I can go down to around about 92 grams of CO2 per ton kilometer. And so we can go uh, more and more precisely to the truth. So in this example, it's one uh, euro pallet. Of course, in these cases, we have to calculate negatively. So it's extremely over-calculated when we're on default. When we have an 18 ton that goes from A to B, we know that it was on board a 40 ton truck. So we already there have, have minimized this over-calculation. Just to say, like, what are we, what are we seeing with our customers? Most of our customers get their trucks full. And most of our customers, uh, uh, don't go through the city all the time. And most of our customers drive, uh, big, uh, type A trucks or, 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 or uh, 40 ton trucks. And we see round about between 52 to 64 grams of CO2 per ton kilometer as a standard and very much depending on the idle time at the, at the pickup or drop off. So, we do see a huge overcalculation, and it really comes from this um, problem that that Igor and I were solving from the beginning. If you can't predict fuel consumption, you can also not predict CO two emissions. And again, if you can then use primary data for most of your trucks and use this knowledge to model for the rest of your truck, you can come so close to the truth that you can also make decisions on it. Extremely important to understand, and really valuable. For our listeners to understand, if you're going to get started and you haven't measured today, there's nothing wrong with getting a default value and getting a number in place because it's just that. It's a starting place. But you don't want to wait too long because the people who are ahead of you are going to get to this primary data first, and it's going to be a drastic improvement. So if you ever are concerned about being benchmarked against your competitors, you're going to want to get the best data possible as soon as possible, right? So how do we think through uh, the competitive landscape of where, you know, carriers and shippers are trying to go once they get this data? Is this all just to 
um, you know, hit our, our near-term emissions targets? And if so, what are the levers that are going to be pulled once they have, you know, a TREX certified number? So um, the first thing you do is you, you add your transport data as a shipper. We work with carriers. We have a system for carriers. It's a, it's a web app, and it's, uh, you can use it for free. You can onboard all your trucks if you want. You use it for free, and you get a system where you can do like accredited reports to all your shippers. So I'm just going to pause that, so to speak, because that just works. That's, that's really good. When we talk about shippers and LSPs, we need to do some uh, implementation of uh, the TMS. Often we do it through partners, uh, like FreightWaves, where we where we get access to this data in a very clean format, where we can get at least uh, something that can indicate distance. It can be the addresses for pickup and drop-off, uh, or it can be positions. And we need some kind of indicator of weight, and then we need the mode of transport. And then, of course, it's nice if we can also get an identifier of which truck was on board or something that can make us identify. If we have that, then we start from day one to produce automated uh, reports. They're GLEC accredited, they're automated reports. And then we give opportunities in our um, in our system where the shipper can go in and say, where can I get the biggest lever in measured CO2, in lowering measured CO2? And I say this because in the beginning, we talk about lowered measured CO2. Um, which carrier can I talk to and get on board? What is the return of investment if I really give, take this difficult phone call and ask him to do it? Maybe I even have to pay him for the data transfer, but what do I get in the measured, lowered measured CO2? When we have come to that point, because it's only the measured CO2, it's not greenwashing, it's a one-time thing, so it's great that we do it, but it's only a one-time thing. When we have come to that point, tracks will start uh, understanding where we can actually lower. And the two biggest levers we have identified is on one side, the collaborative approach, some industries are able to do it. If you have fast-moving consumer goods and your brand is on the side of the truck anyway, it does make sense to help support in buying uh, electric vehicles or, or or paying the extra leasing cost for it, for for um, electric vehicles for your subcontractor. So those uh, use cases we're already working with with some of our customers is often fast-moving consumer goods. And then on the other side, we have the planning tools that we work together with TMS providers and other planners to help the dispatchers at the shipper place to at the shipper's place to optimize by having this extra lever that we don't just have to optimize on service level and um, and price but we have this third norm which is CO2 for which we of course use our predictive analytics in all five modes that's the third leg of the stool I keep telling everybody it's no longer price and service we're going to have to consider emissions when we're making procurement decisions specifically tell me a little bit about what's next uh, for track specifically, how you guys are going to market, when and how we're going to be over here in the U.S. in a big way, because I know the focus today is in Europe, just given current regulations and you know carbon cap and trade and attention over there. Where do you see the landscape going for this You know, over the next 24 to 36 months, both for the market and for you? So we're uh, working mainly with, uh, with large partners uh, uh, like FreightWaves. Um, one of our other big partners is Project 44. And we are going to market with these partners. It's important for us because we are a relatively small startup who's very, very good at making very strong APIs. But understanding, for instance, when we talk about planning or if we talk about how the, the shipper is using the data, it's important that we are uh, working with companies that understand logistics perfectly uh, and who is good at putting the context into the data that the shipper can use. So right now we're going to market with these two partners in the US. In Europe, we're mainly partnering with uh, TMS providers. 
um, and, and, and we're trying to get out in this direction to the shippers. On the other side, we're working very intensively with different kinds of telematic providers to make it easier for the carriers that when they get the phone call from their shipper, you should send us data that they don't say, oh, I don't want to, but that we can just say to them, oh, it's for free. You can push this button. Uh, the, the data is sent automatically and you get these analytics for free and you get the possibility to, to print out reports to the shippers that are not Trax customers as well. So important to, to give them an easy button. <laughs> We have, we have enough that they're having to deal with just trying to keep the wheels moving on the road. So make it easy for them. That's important. I, I, I see it personally. I see uh, very much. Um, it has very much in common when, when you pay toll, like toll road payments uh, of different kinds, or when uh, you have the driver and rest times and you have to report something in. It is another piece of work that the, that the carry, especially the owner drivers, is just a lot of work. We want to make it easy for them so that it's just something that they can do in the background and they don't really need to, to uh, take much care of. I think we have a chance in this up and coming industry to do something that's not going to put extra pressure on the smaller carriers and their owner drivers. And that's why I think we are at a point where we can calculate in a good way and where there's an obvious return of investment so that the shippers can actually pay the price it costs to get these uh, calculations and we keep everyone happy. And we're building a platform that's going to let it scale too. Because as we, we see from here, we only expect more complexity with EVs or hydrogen, whatever's coming next to help lower carbon. We know it's not going to be as easy as it is today. So it's kind of comforting that it only gets uh, <laughs> harder from here, I guess, or maybe less comforting depending on how you're looking at it. But we're really happy to have partnered with you and the team and to be trying to tackle this problem and at the very least evangelizing the message to everyone to pay attention, to get your data in-house and start measuring and reducing today. So leaving it with that, tell tell the listeners where they can learn more. What's the website for Tracks? How can they contact you? Yes, definitely. You can visit uh, www.tracks.eco. And uh, yeah, you can follow us on LinkedIn and see what's happening. And you can contact uh, our friends at FreightWaves if uh, you're interested to onboard as a customer. I appreciate that. Thanks a lot, Jakob. This was a good one. Thank you. We'll do it again soon.